postpartum body odor. It is a totally natural phenomenon because your body chemistry changes after giving birth. And so sometimes that means that what worked before is no longer effective. But I am excited to say that now there is a solution for that stubborn odor. The Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant is a completely natural deodorant made by a postpartum mom who went through it herself. And it works by eliminating and preventing bacterial body odor without covering up your skin's comforting smell to your baby while giving you 12 hours of odor control. And let me tell you, it actually works. Here at the house, we've all been trying it and loving it. Now, before you think, ew, you're sharing a deodorant with your husband and daughter, let me explain that this full-body deodorant comes in a convenient pump applicator that lets you apply it anywhere on your body with no bacteria traveling on the deodorant, so no ew involved. We also love that the Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant has a delightful natural scent of USDA certified organic extracts that smell like a pink sugar cookie with lemon frosting. I thought this would be a little strange, but it's actually amazing. Also, the Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant is free from artificial fragrances and any kind of senoestrogens or herbs that can interfere with breastfeeding. Find your Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant at postpartumdeodorant.com. That's postpartumdeodorant.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 20% off through the month of May. Get your Sugar Sugar Postpartum Deodorant now at postpartumdeodorant.com and start smelling more like yourself again. I love Jenny Kane. At this very moment, I'm feeling so comfy and cozy as I'm practically getting a hug from my Jenny Kane crop cashmere cocoon cardigan. I am enjoying this sweater so much that I've been living in it all spring long. And with Mother's Day just around the corner, this is a feeling you can gift all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life by giving them the gift of Jenny Kane. Along with bringing you this episode, Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed so super easy. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. Jenny Kane means luxurious cashmere sweaters, iconic accessories, elevated versions of your everyday basics, plus the most incredible home essentials. For a limited time, Birthful listeners get 15% off their first order. Go to JennyKane.com and use the code BIRTHFUL15 to get 15% off and support the show. Jenny Kane is known for their quintessential sweaters, with their cotton collection providing you with the perfect everyday pieces as the days get warmer. But they also have gorgeous sundresses in a variety of silhouettes for any occasion and spectacular sandals to go along with them. Find the perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring go-tos at JennyKane.com. Birthful listeners get 15% off your first order when you use the code BIRTHFUL15 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com, promo code BIRTHFUL15. Get yourself and the mothers in your life the gift of Jenny Kane. 
Hey, Adriana here. I wanted to let you know that starting this week, we'll be going back to our older format of one episode per week so that we can start easing into the summer and you can have more time catching up and going through our fabulous Birthful Library. Happy listening. Welcome to Birthful Mighty Parent or Parent-to-Be. I'm Adriana Lozada, and as we just continue chugging along with our Care Provider series, I really felt that the conversation wouldn't be complete without bringing doulas, and specifically birth doulas, into the mix. I mean, just the fact that every other provider that we've talked to in this series has highlighted the importance of having a doula, that in itself would be reason enough for including doulas in this series— But I also wanted to underscore that precisely because doulas bring a non-clinical yet very valuable set of skills to the table, they are then able to meet needs that other providers don't or can't focus on. So then by making a doula part of your team, you are including this unique care that is complementary to the care that you get from your other providers so that then you have truly holistic support for this part of your reproductive journey. And as we'll see, you'll also be increasing the odds of having better outcomes and a more satisfying birth experience. So then, my guest today is Sabia Wade, who is the founder of Birthing Advocacy Doula Trainings and also of For the Village, which is a nonprofit that provides doulas at no or low cost to low-income and marginalized communities in San Diego, California. Sabia is also the author of the book, Birthing Liberation, How Reproductive Justice Will Set Us Free. And Sabia and I ended up having a very flowing and organic conversation. And so because of that, we didn't really get into the statistics, into the numbers of how doulas improve outcomes. Nevertheless, I did want to make sure you know, you get those numbers so you know how impactful doulas can be and not just think that, oh, we want you to have a doula because we're huge champions of doulas and we're doulas ourselves. So here are the numbers. Having continuous support from a doula decreases whatever your baseline cesarean risk is by 39%, and it also increases your likelihood of having a spontaneous vaginal birth by 15%. The research also shows that having a doula can even shorten the length of your labor by 41 minutes on average. Other benefits of having a doula are a 38% decrease in baby's risk of a low 5-minute APGAR score and a 31% increase in satisfaction with the birth experience. Having a doula can also lower the need for pain medication, epidurals, vacuums, or forceps-assisted births. And in fact, there is research to even say that birthing people may feel less pain when a doula is present Probably because having a doula can make you feel calmer, release tension, and increase your oxytocin flow and your beta endorphins, which are basically your own natural painkillers. Best of all, there is no evidence for negative consequences to continuous labor support, such as the support that a doula provides. If you want more information on the research, evidencebasedbirth.com has a fantastic conceptual model for why continuous labor support is so effective, and I will drop the links for that in the show notes. Okay, so these numbers are based on decades, 
decades of research and is why we're finally seeing more recognition of the benefits of having a doula from the medical community and policymakers alike. And is why I say that your care team is not complete without a doula. At the same time, Sabia and I understand that having access to a doula is not always easy. And so we do talk more about that in the conversation. Now, one thing you may notice that we don't really talk about in this episode is the advocacy role, the advocacy piece of doulas. And that's because that's a conversation that needs its own whole separate episode, which will be part of the future series. But yeah, advocacy is definitely a huge part of what doulas do. And I mean, just consider that Sabia's doula training organization is called Birthing Advocacy Doula Trainings. So then in this episode, we focus more on the steps toward making a doula part of your birth team and why. And you want to definitely stick to the end for a great list of questions from Sabia that you can ask your doula to see if they are a good fit for you. You are listening to Birthful here to inform your intuition. Welcome, Sabia. It is so delightful to have you here. We finally made it. We are connected and we're talking. (laughs) Technology is working for us today. And we are so appreciative of it. Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm so happy to be able to pick your brain and talk to you about doulas. Before we jump into that, though, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Who are you? How do you identify? Yes, I am Sabia or Sabia Wade. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, I'm just Sabia, but also Sabia Wade. I am a full spectrum doula. I've been doing this work since 2015. And since 2015, I have like expanded into three main birth related businesses. So I'm the CEO and founder of Birthing Advocacy Doula Trainings, my nonprofit for the village, and also my company, like my own brand, if you will, the Black Doula Inc. So I identify as a person who is sometimes kind of wild. I'm a Sagittarius, double Sag, Gemini moon. So a little, yeah, a little chaotic. Um, <laughs> I am queer. I am Black. Um, I use she, they pronouns. I am a person who loves to learn. I'm a person who, of course, loves to travel, need to do more of that. And I'm actually pretty introverted by nature, but I'm not a shy person, so you can't ever really tell. <laughs> well, that is hilarious that you said you were double Sag Gemini. I was trying to find the rising sign for a friend recently. Mm-hmm. Who's also, she's also a Sagittarius, and my sister's a Sagittarius, and my daughter's rising Sagittarius. So I love you all. (laughs) You drive me crazy, but I love you. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Oh my gosh. So, and I'm Taurus rising Cancer. Oh, that's a lie. But they had a thing, a whole article about Taurus rising Cancer, and it said, You're the ultimate homebody. Yes, for sure. And I felt so seen. (laughs) So when you said you're like an introvert, but not, I feel that that being a homebody just describes it. I love people. I can talk to people. I can get up on a stage and Mm -hmm. talk. I love traveling, but I always got to come back and just cocoon for a bit. Yeah, that's the way that we get our energy back. Like, I'm like, I definitely don't mind being with people and talking to people and connecting to people. 
but I don't get energized from that. Like I'm like, I get energized in the moment. Right. But like in actuality afterwards, I'm drained. Right. But if I actually want to build my like internal energy, it's at home. It's usually by myself. It's low key. Like it's, it's opposite from what my like public facing personality may be. No, I feel it so much. Same thing. Some people get so charged by being out with others in community. And that's not me. I, I like you charged by being alone. Yeah. <laughs> so happy. So today we are going to walk the people through kind of like a primer of what a doula is and what we do and just talk about a little bit of the misconceptions that mm-hmm. are out there the benefits of a doula, and bottom line, why everyone should use a doula full stop. Mm-hmm. So let me get off that soapbox <laughs> and take it back to the basics. Savia, what is a doula? <laughs> what is a doula? I always give like a very like typical definition, you know, a non-medical support person that provide support for birthing people through many stages. And the kind of support that we provide is physical, emotional, informational. And we are, again, really emphasizing this piece around that we can be utilized and assist through any type of reproductive health experience. Because, you know, most people are like, it's just birth. And I'm like, no, it's also just everything. So (laughs) pushing that in. And I think that's something that's been coming up more and more, the expansion of doulas from originally just birth to birth postpartum Mm -hmm. and then to full spectrum that includes help during pregnancy with fertility, with loss, with abortion, Mm -hmm. through the whole spectrum of reproduction. I totally appreciate and value and hold dear all the people who are full spectrum doulas. I like birth. Yeah, I'm, I was I was heavy on the birth for the first few years of the work that I did. It was definitely heavy on birth. Like, that was, like, my go-to. Like, I did postpartum a good amount, but my thing was birth. Still is. I mean, actually, I've been getting really into death doula work. Ooh, yes. But that's just, like, exactly the, the range of the work that we do as doulas. And I think it's the beauty of being a doula is that you can go through periods of like, oh, I'm heavy on the birth, I'm heavy on the postpartum, you could be mixing these things, I'm heavy on abortion care, I'm heavy on death doula work. There's a spectrum of things that birthing people are experiencing. And I think just like you said in the beginning, it's like every person, no matter what experience they're going through, should have a doula. I often think about why doulas have become so popular now, right? Because doulas have been around for a long time, you know, doulas back in history, Forever. Yeah. generations. But I think about like why we're so present now. And I think that really, at least some of it is because of like, before our family structures were different, money was different, right? So then when someone was having a birth or having a postpartum or dealing with loss or whatever, it was kind of like you had your community, which usually was you know, your family members, your friends, usually typically um, people who identify as women would be able to come into the space and help people out. But then we look at like our current world <laughs> where we're all like, what is going on? We all are working how many hours a week? Retirement is not that easy, right? In the ways that it used to be. Like, time is harder to access, right? Like 
time to care for yourself, time to care for others, it's harder to access in our current world. And I think that's where duels have slid in, right? Where we're like, okay, you know, your aunt, your your uncle, your family member, your friends can't really be here for you in this way. They they're they're doing what they can, right? But you need more. <laughs> we don't try to take over the role of family members or partners or friends or besties or whoever, but we try to add to that care, right? So what are the gaps that are missing? Is it that you need more information about the process that you're in? Because doctors don't really have that much time either, right? So they're coming in for a 15, 20 minute, you know, appointment with you, but are they really able to explain the the every little step that's going to happen? Are they really able to answer the questions that you may have? Usually, no. Um, <laughs> then you have, you know, emotional support, right? So your partners, your family, your friends may be coming in with that emotional support, you know, after work and texting you and doing all that. But it's nothing like having a doula sit with you for a couple hours and check in with you on a regular basis. Like, not only can you put that emotional, um, you know, where you are emotionally in this conversation, but you can also understand that I'm not going to put my emotions into this space, right? So, <laughs> so it's like, I'm here holding space for you. I'm not telling you what I did at my birth and how this worked and how I feel about that and, and why you should be, right? So all of that is left out. And so I feel like, you know, because of the systems that are currently around us, whether it's capitalism, patriarchy, whatever systems, we have been able to come in as a necessary resource, right, for the gaps that need to be filled. And filling those gaps show in research that it's, it's better for everyone, what you're saying about the family structures and how things have changed, I think there's also the part of when we were more in community together and multi-generational community and were able to connect with each other's life milestones mm-hmm. in a more intimate way as, as a matter of fact. So when somebody was having a child or body feeding, it was something that you knew about when you were little, like it was in the air. Mm -hmm. So you knew about it. And now we've got that disconnect. So I think that's also, you know, one of the many amazing tools that doulas bring is that knowledge of birth in many different settings, because Mm -hmm. I find that since we are hired by the person giving birth and we go with them wherever that is we see birth with different providers in different hospitals and birth settings at home birth centers so when somebody says oh no this is how we do it and they make this protocol capital t Mm -hmm. everybody needs to get (laughs) yeah you know monitor it's like well down the hall with these other providers they're not doing it like that. And mm-hmm. over at home, they're not doing it like that. So that's a very unique perspective For that sure. nobody in in the perinatal system mm-hmm. brings. Yeah. And I think like usually providers, as far as like physicians, midwives, depending on what type, they usually master the skill set for the setting that they're in, right? And some of them actually don't even see other settings, right? It's not part of their learning process. So, you know, a midwife who's in a hospital has probably hasn't been at a home birth, doesn't know what that looks like, or been at a birth center, doesn't know what that looks like. So there's like this um, very one-sided way of learning and just knowing like your environment and not necessarily the full spectrum of environments that birth can happen in. 
or any other experience. And then the other thing that I always bring up to parents who are either, you know, expecting or people who are just could be expecting at any time because they're adults, right? Um, but, <laughs> but I'm like, the wild thing about birth is that it is so normal. Like people exist because someone created them and, <laughs> and there was a baby, right? But so many people don't actually have any connection to birth or even have witnessed their birth or witnessed body feeding or witnessed anything until they're in it, right? And then by the time you're in it, not only are you trying to learn this new skill, but you're also dealing with your hormonal imbalance. You're dealing with the shifts of life that are happening. You're dealing with the mental changes, the physical changes, all these things. So it's hard to, even if you have like the logic, right, of like understanding how these things work, it's so hard to put that thing, to put it together, because you're going through these other elements. There's relationship changes and your parents are coming over and your aunt and then people are in the middle of COVID having babies, like feeling very isolated, right? You're dealing with sometimes with a great birth experience, sometimes more of a traumatic birth experience. And then you have a doula, <laughs> right? And a doula comes in and says, okay, I know that you are holding all these things, right? And I'm here to talk you through it. I'm here to provide resources if that becomes out of my skill set, right? I'm here to connect the dots in whatever ways that we connect. And I'm also here to tell you that what you're feeling is absolutely normal. So even though you may be feeling like out of sorts, right? And may be feeling like, am I okay? Or what's going on to have someone that can say, this is normal. (laughs) Or here's a resource for this. Or maybe this isn't normal, right? And this is what we can do about it. And also let me hold the baby or let me hold you, right? Like that is just, it's, it's invaluable. Like it's just, it's amazing. (laughs) And that's the work that we do. Well, and so amazing of having somebody listen to you with their ears and heart and mind and like all of them listen to you. And be also able to center you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because the doula is primary, like, yes, for the whole family, but understanding that at the core of the family is the birthing person. Mm -hmm. And if they're not doing okay, then everything falls apart. So having somebody completely champion the birthing person, I find the whole process medically is really looking at you in terms of as a container that's holding a baby and making sure that container is working properly so that that baby can exist. And then once the baby is born, it's all about the baby, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. you can see the pattern of perinatal appointments that as you get closer to your expected date of delivery, become every week. And then after the baby is born, I'll see you in six weeks. If that doesn't tell you who matters, nothing will. So I think we can't undervalue the importance of the doula as a care provider for the birthing person in a different way, in a holistic way Mm -hmm. that they can't really find anywhere else. For sure. And I think like that really like, at least the thought that comes in my head is about the informational support that we give. And when we think about birth, obviously we think about the actual labor process, right? Because it's this whole buildup and then it's like labor. What is that going to look like? And the answer is, we don't know what labor is going to look like. I mean, we have a we have a picture of like what it could look like, what it 
maybe most likely will look like depending on the factors of your of your pregnancy experience and your body and that and the other but we actually don't know right so as a doula a big part of our care is providing you with this information in prenatals before we go into the actual labor so in that sense we're looking at like what do you want your birth to look like i mean people call it a birth plan you can call it a birth wish list you call it whatever you want right this up to you um, but really talking about like i always say what are you, what is plan a what what would be an ideal situation for you and also there there's no judgment if your ideal situation is a c section there's no judgment if your ideal situation is with the epidural from the start there's no judgment in what if that is, but with a doula, I'm I right feel the responsibility to allow you to dream, right? Dream about what that is. Is it the the music in the background? Is it you know certain family support? Is there some type of spiritual practice that's happening, right? Like what what is your ideal dream? And then I tell people, okay, we're gonna go over all the things that could happen though from a you know a general standpoint, and believe me, it's a plan B. Okay, so <laughs> plan B is if things go left, okay, because things go left sometimes. Sometimes you think you're going to have a vaginal birth with no interventions and you're like, give me that epidural, right? Like, <laughs> so, so then we make a plan for plan B, right? It may have some of the things that you would prefer. It may not have some of the things that you would prefer, but how do we move through it? What, does, what do these interventions mean? What do these type of monitors mean? What What is happening, right? <laughs> what should we be looking out for? How do we talk to providers? How do we communicate in efficient ways? Um, and then I always say plan C, right? And so plan C is really a C-section for the person who is planning for a vaginal birth. But also we can plan that, right? So if you had a C-section, you know, what what would you like us to do? How would you like to be comforted if it, you know, switched to this? Also, what does C-section aftercare look like? Because that's going to differ from vaginal care, right? What is the expectations that you can build you know, tell your partner, like, if this was to happen, this is what I would like. <laughs> if this was to happen, this is how much care I'm going to need from you. This is going to shift, right? So I think it's like really this informational support and to what you were speaking to as far as, you know, obviously we go through the birth and we and we try to be present for the whole birth. Sometimes we may have to switch out depending on how long the birth is because it could be a two-hour birth. It could be a four-day birth. You never know. But also in that postpartum, especially in that immediate six weeks, my nonprofit, you know, we work with low-income and marginalized communities. Um, a lot of our families are, they speak different languages, they have different barriers, they have, you know, different things going on. But there's been a few times where in that six-week time where they weren't being seen, that they were having medical conditions that they weren't aware of, right? Some of them were having um, high blood pressure after the baby was born, right? So postpartum eclampsia was happening, too much bleeding, too much this, too much that. And the only caregiver, right, that was with them in that six weeks was their doula. <laughs> like, you know, they weren't going to a medical doctor appointment. You know, depending on the situation, a midwife, if it's a home birth midwife, they do see you within that six weeks, um, usually a few times, depending on the midwife. But they weren't getting that like continuous care that doulas can get. We're checking in. Hey, how you doing? How's your bleeding? How's your mental health? What's going on with the baby? Is the baby eating? Helping to get into anything that may be present. And so it's like you can't like that informational support that we give priceless. 
priceless. <laughs> and you have the permission to text or call this person because you've got their cell phone number 24 7. So, I mean, that alone is, I don't know why we do this work that we do, that we're on call, because life on call is it's, it's a special ooh, level of intense. Yes. <laughs> yes. But we're there for you, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, too, like I always like say, um, especially when you're a doula who's, um, I mean, everyone deserves all types of care and resources, but I think other populations have higher needs. But either way, like, for example, like the way that we train our doulas in BADT is like we help them to build a food resource. Right. So if someone's dealing with food insecurity, we help them to figure out a resource of mental health providers. We help them to build a resource for body feeding support groups. And we also have these conversations that are particular, like, you know, if you are, for example, I've had clients who are black folks who are maybe low income and are like, I don't necessarily feel great in a support group of, you know, white women who are high income, right? So even just like us being able to hold those new, those nuances and those differences around like, where do you feel comfortable, right? What is going to feel like a conversation, a place that you can really be open and have a very open conversation. So I think like, we're also just like, uh, you know, I always say duels have so many resources, and even if we don't have an answer, we can call somebody or know somebody or connect, right? Like, for example, if you're looking for someone who's going to do body balancing, right? Now, you can look at body balancing on Google <laughs> and hope that you come up with some providers or, you know, massage therapists or people that can do that. But also, you can go to your doula and your doula's like, actually, I have this one person I really like. I really suggest them. So it's also like we save time because we have these, like, community connections, um, whether like, again, whether it's, you know, something that is like food insecurity or whether it's like just trying to get someone that can help you with your hips because your hips are in pain. Um, and I think that's also like this, it saves time. It builds connection. It helps people feel connected to their community. I mean, I think that's something that is also very, um, valuable in the work that we do. Diaper rash. It can be a truly uncomfortable experience for a baby. And so I find that one of the biggest conundrums when diapering is figuring out what diaper cream to use. So many options are thick and goopy, making them hard to apply and hard to wipe off. But I can personally say that this is not the case for Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant that is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, designed as a breathable formula to help maintain an optimal skin barrier while allowing the healing to occur. This butt balm was developed by a mom who is also a doctor, hence the name Dr. Mom Butt Balm, when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash and she wasn't about to settle. So she created Dr. Mom Butt Balm to go on smooth and be easy to remove while also being gentle on your baby's delicate skin. With Dr. Mom Butt Balm, you can say goodbye to excessive wiping to clean your little one's already chafed skin. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is so soft and goes on so smooth that you'll only need a small amount instead of having to layer on a thick goop. Plus, it has a lovely minty scent. Learn more about Dr. Mom Butt Balm at drmombuttbalm.com. That's drmombuttbalm.com or look for it at amazon.com.
tell me if this sounds familiar. You've taken gorgeous photos of your baby or your kids, and then when you want to share them, it is a pain either trying to find the photos or figuring out the group text that they should go to, and then also remembering that, say, Aunt Helen only does email, so you need to send her image separately. Or like in my case, where my husband is a photographer who takes magnificent photos that I rarely actually get to see because they live on his phone or end up scattered in text messages that I can't easily find. Enter the Family Album app, which was created to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with your loved ones. Basically, it's a personal space for your family's memories without third-party ads or unwanted eyes and with a bunch of fabulous features. It automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and easily see how your child has grown. And you can also order eight photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. The Family Album app also has unlimited storage. Plus, it's totally free. Yup, no more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by third-party ads. So, to all the parents out there still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, level up your family photo game for free and securely with the Family Album photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, all in one word, and download the app to start creating your shared photo legacy. Let's take a step back and go into... Okay, so we have what a doula does, and then it's how does a person access that doula? Yes, yes, right? And so one of the things I want to name in this conversation about access is that accessing a doula is not always easy, And I mean that in so many ways, whether it is the financial piece that comes with hiring a doula, um, some, some insurance companies are getting more hip with like, you know, putting some money towards that, but a lot of people don't have that, (laughs) right? So there's a financial accessibility that can definitely come into the picture. And then I also want to say that sometimes there's just no doulas in your area. I think sometimes like I've been spoiled, right? Living in Massachusetts, living in San Diego, living in Atlanta, there's like a flurry of doulas, right? There's just like doulas everywhere. But in some like rural communities or smaller communities or different locations, doulas aren't always available for in-person. And so the great thing is some people do offer virtual services that can be very helpful um, to the process. But just naming that like accessibility for doulas is something that's currently being worked on very heavily <laughs> um, because we do, we do believe that everyone should have a doula, right? But also that doula should be paid for their work. Oh, well, 100% and paid a living wage. Paid Not a living only just wage. paid, paid yes. a living wage. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> so that's an ongoing thing. That's a whole nother conversation. However, I always tell folks when you're thinking about having a doula for whatever you know, part of the reproductive experience you're in, really start with thinking about what is important to me and my connection with my doula, right? So for example, some people may say, again, I want someone who's like culturally congruent, right? And so that may be, we share a similar race, we share a similar ethnicity, maybe we share a similar understanding of gender and sexuality. Maybe we share you know, a a similar place of coming from a certain place, right? Whatever it is, like what feels 
an alignment that is important to you. And then from there, starting your search on for a doula. <laughs> um, and so the great thing about the internet is that <laughs> usually if there is something that you want to be congruent, there are a lot of like uh, databases or I can't remember the word right now, where you can find doulas that are in alignment with that. So like there's a queer doula network, right? So if you're looking for someone who's queer, there's Sister Midwife, National Black Doula Association. If you're looking for someone who's black or a person of color, BADT has a directory. That's what I was looking for. If you're looking for someone who is like into full spectrum work and, you know, understanding the world and its nuances, right? So start with that. Also be mindful of what your budget is and think about, and I will also bring this in. It's like, if you're thinking about like, okay, my budget is a thousand dollars and I, you know, I'm finding doulas that are $1,400. Is there some other like thing that you can barter, right? Are you an accountant? Can you do their taxes at the end of the year? Are you this? Is there something that you can bring into their life that will also help them, right? It may not be monetary, but it may be very helpful (laughs) for someone who has a small business. And I love the idea also of putting it in your baby registry. Oh, yes. Put it in your baby registry. Have, you know, your family come around the idea of the importance of a doula and and, and both the birth and postpartum mm-hmm. doula, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Have an understanding of like, these are the things that we need, right? And then also the other things could be $100 donations, $50 donations, $25 donations. All those things add up, especially if you're working with a doula who has like a payment plan or things like that, where you can like make payments over time. And then I think it's also important to like name that when you do meet maybe a couple doulas that you're interested in, they're in an alignment with the things that you want, that it is now interview time. (laughs) And so interview time is a really good time to, oh, and the one thing I would say before I move on to that is. Some people are going to want certain experience, and I think that's okay, too. It may not be, like, years of experience. It may be, I'm having twins. Do you have twin experience? You know, I'm having a kid with this. Do you have this kind of experience? Not necessarily, like, numerical years, if that makes sense. And it's okay to want Absolutely. that. Mm-hmm. And before you move on, I also want to say that in terms of that the, uh, accessibility and financial ability for doulas, that we are in a period of transition. And I don't know how many years it's going to take to get there. But as more people want to have doulas and demand doulas, and as more policymakers become get aware, become aware of the importance of doulas in terms of outcomes, how we reduce cesarean rates, we reduce the need for interventions, we reduce uh, negative outcomes, EPGAR scores, you know, for babies. So as they understand the value of a doula, not just because it's nice, but it also really helps their bottom lines. Mm -hmm. We are in the transition of, at some point, I'm sure insurance and Medicaid at large is going to be covering doulas. For sure. Right now, it's an out-of-pocket expense. In some to- some places, you can use your FSA or HSA's accounts. That's why we were both saying of, you know, figure out how to how to pay for this, yeah. <laughs> but get creative, uh, pay for it. Because right now there is that barrier of insurance does not cover it. For sure. Yeah. And it's also a struggle because there are some states that cover 
like Medicaid covers doula care, but they do not pay enough, right? So even though doulas would love to be on these lists, it's just not accessible to many doulas because they will be taking a pay cut that they can't afford to take, right? So, you know, that's a whole, we could get into that for hours. Um, <laughs> but... Well, and to put it like really close, really succinct for people, it's because you don't know how many hours you're going to be and they're paying a standard rate, which is a standard rate. What we like, we don't do sliding, you know, Mm -hmm. depending on how many hours we cover, you get for birth, you you get, you know, have to pay more. But they're not taking into consideration the average of a 14 to 20 hour birth. If I split the amount that you want to give me between those hours, plus the prenatals I put in and the postpartum, you're paying me less than usually minimum minimum wage. Yeah. And even signing in or less. Yeah. Yeah. Like the phone support, right. The text message support. Um, You know, a lot of doulas have children of their own. They have to, you know, send their kids to overnight care you know, hope I'm paying for these services, right? Like also when you're at a birth, you're missing things. Sometimes you're missing paid opportunities. Sometimes you're missing whatever it is because you're being present at this birth. But the current um, reimbursement rates are definitely not high enough. Um, so that's why you see a lot of doulas, even if they do have that option, still maintaining their private practice with, you know, whatever price they need. You know, we have a long way, but, but we're working on it. But I would definitely say for the interview process, I think it's really important to write out questions that you may have, right? So like starting off with like a a very focused conversation, things that you might want to know. I always tell people like, just get an idea of like their philosophy on birth, right? Because although doulas, some people think that doulas are only for natural childbirth, quote unquote, or vaginal deliveries. I'm like, we're here for everything. (laughs) But, but... Duels are also individuals, right? So the way that we practice is not like in a way that we all have to have the same individual thoughts about birth. So some people may have a thought process that you're not with. They may, you know, have a practice around birth that you're not with. Maybe they are people who think that like interventions are super unnecessary. And maybe you're the kind of person who's like, hey, if I need an intervention, I'm going to use it. Like, you know, so really getting an idea of like, what are your thoughts about vaginal births and C-sections and epidurals? And, you know, do you educate on all of these topics, right? So even though I may be leaning for a no intervention birth, are you still able to educate me on these other resources? You know, things such as, what should I expect from you? So let's say I call you in, in the middle of the night, are you going to answer? Are you, <laughs> is there a, is there a window of time that I should expect an answer by when we do prenatals? How long will the prenatals be? Will you feel comfortable coming to my house? So really just writing, writing these questions to get like, you know, knowledge, that logical knowledge, but also the other really important part about interviewing is just like feeling in your body. What is the vibe? right? Do I feel like I am kind of constricted around this person, right? Beyond nervousness. Or do I feel like not so comfortable? Do I feel really comfortable? Do I feel open? Do I feel like I feel supported? Those things are just as important as understanding someone's birth philosophy, because this person is going to see you naked, vulnerable, in need of assistance, in need of help, emotional, right? And you want someone that can hold that for you. Yeah, and hold it in a way that you want them to do that, right? Yes. And and be like, no, please don't touch me. And then they're like, yeah, no problem, yes. right? <laughs> 
And I want to say that I like to get partners, if there is a partner, involved in the interview process mm-hmm. as well at some point, mm-hmm. or just make sure that the birthing person gets their feedback and, and their buy-in to this. Because I know that when we get down to it, I'm there to support them as much as the birthing person. Yes. And and because we kind of adapt what we do so much to the individual person or family that we're serving that, you know, like I had one client that hired me once. She knew that her husband's default when he got stressed is he needs to sleep. Mm-hmm. So they knew that he was going to be sleeping through this birth. He was going to be there, but he was probably going to be sleeping. And that's what, and, and, and you know, and like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm there to support you 100% on your choices. So if that's what works for you. So that's why they were getting a doula. Yep. It was. I've been there before. <laughs> right. So you adapt to it. Like, you know, I, I think at one point we had to shake him because he was snoring. And she's like, please tell him to stop snoring. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> you know, he was asleep. Um, but yeah, and I've now told a story and lost my train of thought. Well, I think of like what, what we you're like, about. no, what you're leading to, at least what I think you're leading to, is like that being part of the interview process, which is one, if your partner can be available, make them available, like for the actual interview process to also see how they feel, what their vibes are, what questions they may have. Um, and I think just like a, a very, uh, a, a general question to kind of bring into the space is what part do you see my, my partner playing? Right. How do you create a experience for the partner as well? Um, so, for example, <clears throat> a lot of partners and we have like a whole thing about caring for partners in our training because of this. But a lot of partners end up kind of being shoved in the corner because they're like, no one's talking to me. I don't know what to do. I'm I'm lost. Like, I just <laughs> it's like I'm here. I'm trying to be here, but I feel like I'm in the way, whatever the case is. Right. And so, like, as a doula, if that is if partner involvement is something that you and your partner have agreed on as being important, right? As a doula, I would want to explain to my clients, like, hey, every prenatal, if you can be here, I want to teach you these things too. Here's my number. You can connect to me and ask questions just as well as your, you know, the birthing person. I'm gonna teach you comfort measures. I'm gonna teach you how to communicate in the room. I'm gonna make sure that like I'm not taking over your part in this. That is never the mission for me. My mission is to make sure that this is more of like, I'm like coaching the room, making it a little bit more seamless. And also when you go take a nap or you need to take a break, I can be present, right? So I think like during the interview process, if partner involvement is very important to you and your partner or partners that you ask to do it, like, hey, how can we, how can we make this happen? Yeah, and and I think what you say is true in that during this whole pregnancy process partners tend to be even less like like forgotten even right (laughs) no right so it some of my biggest advocates are the partners because they feel valued and you bring them back in and let them know like you bring to this space if if this is what you want to be involved in and the birthing person wants you involved in this you bring to the space something that nobody else can bring. Mm-hmm. I feel like another added addition of having a doula is that we aim to continue intimacy between partners, right? So like intimacy, you know, of course there's sex. Can't do anything about that. That's on you. 
But <laughs> what I can do is at prenatals, make sure that you're learning together. Make sure they're asking questions together. And I think another, you know, just keeping this in mind to your listeners is like one of the biggest, at least in my in my perspective, like one of the biggest things that birthing people have a fear of or that actually happens is that partners, after the baby is born, they don't have that connection, right? They're like, they don't have that connection. Like I'm here doing this whole baby thing and they're kind of floating, like that kind of thing. But I'm like, if we, my goal is as a doula, if I can get that partner connected and the prenatals and the birth, when a baby comes out, they feel like they were just as equally, you know, active in that situation. And it helps them to connect in the postpartum stage, right? So that if I'm your postpartum doula, I'm also teaching y'all how to interact as partners, not just telling a birthing person, this is your responsibility to make sure this baby is okay, right? And I feel like that's that's the work of a doula is seeing like this full picture, right? And not just a laser focus on the client or not just a laser focus on the on the baby or the partner, but we're like, hey, here's a full picture <laughs> that we're trying to create here. And I can be the avenue and the assistant to help that happen. And I think, you know, absolutely, 100% all you said. And I have, even within the birthing room, you know, creating space for that partner, giving them permission to insert themselves. Because you see them step away when the nurse wants to take a blood pressure. It's like, no, no, you don't move. Mm-hmm. She, Her job's to go around around. they Mm -hmm. they can go around you are exactly where you need to be in there or you know just a simple question after the baby's born and the birthing person has had ample time say if that's what they wanted to to do a lot of skin to skin just say hey do you want to do some skin to skin with the baby too Mm -hmm. and then just that permission of like oh my gosh this is something i can do Mm -hmm. and it changes that permission of you can, you are part of this. You come in here. So I think we're just as, we serve the whole family. For sure. Whatever that family configuration is. It, absolutely. And I think, you know, coming into this, when we're talking about, you know, a, a client or birthing person choosing a doula, it's really thinking for the, for the client, for the birthing person hey, what is the story that I, what is a fairy tale that I want to happen, right? Like, what is the story that I want to happen? How do I envision these pieces of this process, right? From the pregnancy to the birth to the postpartum stage or whatever else is in between and really like allowing them to dream, understanding, right? That this is dreamy, so it ain't gonna be perfect, (laughs) right? Um, But how do you see your partner involved? What is the emotional support that you need? What is the information that you need? How are you comforted physically? Do you want somebody to rub your back? Do you want somebody to give you some hip squeezes? So really to think about like, what does that story include in this next phase of your life, right? And then who do you want to support that? And like, that's where doulas come in, right? And I think it's like so great about doulas because we're kind of like, we're not a one size fits all. We don't, we are like different because we could bring our personality into the space. We could bring our culture into the space. We could bring these different art, you know, whatever. We could bring that into the space, right? And we can really be probably one of the most kind of like personalized caregivers in your circle, right? Where like a doctor, you're like, okay, these are the doctors that are on my medical plan. 
this one is decent. Let me <laughs> let me go and do this thing, right? We're like they may or may not be there. They may or may not <laughs> yeah. be there. I don't know if they're gonna be there at the birth. Like I don't really know what's going on. But a doula, you can really, in your own way, really personalize what that person could be for you know for a not all the way right, but a, a good amount. And you can also they can be the person that help you build what that story is for you. And I think we have to once again underline the importance of how birth is a physiological process, but so much of it is psychosocial and emotional. And how doulas, by the mere fact that we don't do anything medical, it means that all our tools are the not medical. Mm -hmm. And we got to get really creative with all that. And that's what we bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And because the medical system that we have that is so imperfect and so broken is such that it does not like, you know, the perinatal saying is right now is healthy mom, healthy baby, which is a really low, awful bar. Mm -hmm. Cause if you can't even do that and we, and we aren't even doing <laughs> exactly. that, right. We aren't even there. But if that's the focus, all these quote unquote touchy feely things are seen as, nice extras and they actually are the cornerstone of a proper birthing process because you need to feel safe and secure mm -hmm. for oxytocin to flow oxytocin causing contractions and it brings your baby forward so it's not that we're just nice to have mm -hmm. it's this type of care is vital for a flowing birth and which is why I've included doulas in their care provider series, but also every single provider that I've talked to so far, except maybe the maternal fetal medicine specialist, but every everybody else, and even them, even them, has said, get a doula and has valued doulas. And I think, you know, a, a way to put it is like, just like a, a, a medical provider is, in, you know, very important and necessary for this space. So is a doula, right? So in the sense of, we're not saying that a doula is better than a midwife or better than a doctor. It's not that. It's about how do we create a full team, a full team <laughs> of caregivers and care providers that can help meet all of your needs, right? So whether it's medical, emotional, you know, like like all that. And that's like the beauty of, you know, care providers is that when we work together, we can really give you holistic care, right? And like in order to have a baby, you can have a baby because the baby's going to come out when they come out. But in order, to, <laughs> in order to have a birth that is supported, where you feel safe, where you feel physically safe where you feel mentally safe where you feel like if something was to happen you know an emergency physical emergency that there would be somebody there but also that during that physical that first physical emergency whether it's like you know a trip to down the hall to a c-section whatever that looks like that you also get your emotional needs met too right like how many times have you been you know at an unexpected c-section and the room is going wild because they're caring about the physical aspects right which is their job Right. But as a doula, I'm sitting right. Yeah, and we're all grateful that yes, they're doing exactly. that. Yep. But as a doula, I'm sitting by right by my client and vision with them. Right. And their partner and saying, hey, 
what are you feeling right now? Let me explain what's going on right now. Let me explain to you what to expect. Is there something that I should know? Is there someone that you want me to call? Is it, do you need to hold my hand right now? Do you need to rub your back right now? Partner, what do you need, right? And so when we're talking about those those things, it's not that that experience wouldn't be traumatic, right? Like it, it is to, to a certain degree. But I've noticed as a doula that when there is support that is happening holistically, right? It's just, it's just, it's easier to process. It's easier to be in the present. It's easier to, to be in it, to be fearful, of course, right? To be, but to be held in that does make a difference. So like as doulas, we always say, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. <laughs> like Births, babies do what they want. But what I can tell you that I'm, is that I'm going to be there the whole time. That's what I can tell you. Yeah, and just providing that assurance of and and reflecting back. I know this is not what you wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. This sucks. Like not saying, well, like it'll be fine. No, no, no. This sucks. Wow, this is sucks. not what you wanted. I'm here with with you to feel all the feels, supporting whatever needs to be supported and holding space for it instead of dismissing it, which is a part a, a huge part of why it allows the processing to start and not just get stuck in trauma. For sure, for sure. And even if your birth is great, we're still there. <laughs> you know, I've been to some great births where like, you know, whether they're home births or hospital births or whatever, but even to have someone to be there to reflect what happened because you were just in the space, but there's to remind them like, no, this so this happened next and then you did this and you moved this way and I helped you with positioning and with that and you rocked it. Like, you know, and it was great, right? So even that type of recall is helpful. So in any situation, any outcome, any reproductive health experience, whatever it is, get you a doula. Yes, so they can see you. Exactly. You can be seen (laughs) and supported. Uh, And I think in our roundabout way, we weaved through and touched upon all, all the questions that I had, all the things that I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, I one thing that I wanted to sort of to bring perspective into where we are in doula usage, if you will. Mm-hmm. So we don't have great numbers because that's so hard. I mean, so hard to pinpoint. But there was the listening to mothers survey of two thousand and six, and in that survey, three percent used the doula. Mm-hmm. Two thousand and six, and then there was the two thousand and twelve survey, which is the last data that we have. And 6% use a doula then. So in six years, it doubled. It's been more than six years, and we know that the growth is being exponentially. But interestingly enough, in that 2012 survey, 27%, so almost a third of them, said they would have liked to have a doula. Mm-hmm. So I do, I'm so happy to start seeing that we are at tipping point. And I do believe there's going to be doulas for everybody in the not so far future. For sure. Right? Not like when somebody comes here to talk to me and says, not in my lifetime. I think in our <laughs> lifetime, <laughs> we're going to see, we're going to see doulas for all. Yes. Um, but that, that growth tells you something because it's paid out of pocket. If people didn't see the value in it, it wouldn't be growing when they have to pay so far out of pocket for it. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, people are seeing the value and they're seeing the results. Right. And the one thing about birth specifically is that you pretty, you see the 
the results pretty quickly. Like <laughs> it's not necessarily like, you know, an elongated process, but someone can say right after they have their baby, whether they feel like they had a good time or not, or whether they felt like things, maybe they would have went for this intervention, but because of the doula that was present, they didn't. Or maybe they were at risk for a C-section and it didn't happen and they felt so like whatever it is, right? I feel like doulas are something that it's kind of like we can see, of course, the long the long-term like kind of reflections of our work, but there's also an immediate kind of feedback um, that I think is is spoken through word of mouth right? Through clients and their families and friends. Like, hey, I had a doula. Maybe I thought it was a wild concept in the beginning, but now, <laughs> but now like, I think you should get a doula. People go from having a doula to being a doula. So I think it just like speaks for itself and it reflects in the numbers um, as well as it's reflecting in our community just through word of mouth. Absolutely. Sabia, before we close, is there anything that you wanted to say that we didn't get to? Nope, my message just stands. Everyone deserves a doula. Accessibility can be hard, but you know, look for resources in your community, whether it's virtual doula services or whether maybe there's like a nonprofit or organization that has, you know, can help create a better link to accessibility. You know, do your research. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want, right? And ask your family for support, (laughs) your friends for support, and, and definitely make it happen make it happen. Thank you so, so much for this fun, fabulous. Oh, I love talking to us. Great conversation. Yes, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. That was Black, queer, CEO, investor, educator, author, full spectrum doula, and expander of Black luxury, Sabia Wade. Clearly, Sabia and I could have talked about doulas for days, but somehow we forgot to mention that a doula's responsibility lies solely with the birthing person and their family, meaning that doulas support you and your wishes independently of those of your care providers or the hospital or birth center where you give birth. Now, there are some hospitals and birth centers that have been exploring different models and may have doulas on staff. But even then, these models work best when the doula continues to safeguard the birthing person's interests and not that of the hospitals or the birthing center. So if this happens to be your case, make sure you clarify where your doula's responsibilities lie and how that works if your wishes are at odds with the hospital or birth center protocol. You can connect with Sabia on Instagram at Sabia Wade, and you can connect with us at Birthful Podcast. In fact, if you're not driving, it would be just so lovely if you would take a screenshot of this episode right now and then post it to Instagram, sharing your biggest takeaway from the episode and our conversation. Make sure to tag at Birthful Podcast so we can see it and amplify it. You can find the in-depth show notes and transcript of this episode at birthful.com along with all the show links. And there you can also learn more about my birth and postpartum preparation classes and download your free postpartum preparation plan. Birthful is created and produced by me, Adriana Lozada, with production assistance from Asia Plati. Thank you so very much for listening to and for sharing Birthful. Be sure to follow us on Good Pods, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and everywhere you listen. And then come back for more ways to inform your intuition.
Hey, Adriana here. I wanted to let you know that starting this week, we'll be going back to our older format of one episode per week so that we can start easing into the summer and you can have more time catching up and going through our fabulous Birthful Library. Happy listening.